As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. Are you traveling to see your favorite team? Pro tip, stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college sports just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Why would we stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in all the best college towns. And get this, you can get up to 30% off with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Go to any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast reshipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, thanks for listening to the Covino and Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Covino and Rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. All right, we're not the only ones hanging out. John Ramos is here. Jason Stewart is here. Isaac Lohengron keeping all of us up to date on what the latest is. And the latest Aaron Torres is happening in Buffalo. We'll get to that in a second, but I want to tell you that we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I also think, Aaron, we should give ourselves a standing ovation. Okay. You want to know why? I'm, I'm always down. show but... has not even started. Sure. But we are not leading the show today with some fake Damian Lillard story. Oh. I think everyone should rise to their feet. What does this mean for the West? You mean the unsourced report about, oh, you know, Pelicans really moving up the, the, the total. You know, like that. that's like I get. So I get that Damian Lillard is the biggest story in sports right now. But like when there's credible information out there. When a coach, an agent, a front office member speaks. But I love the, and I don't want to to turn this into a Damian Lillard segment, I promise. Don't do it. Don't do it. I just love when we in the media is like, oh, you know, this guy reported that two unnamed sources said. Like, I could just tell you, Dan, and and I know you have contacts in our, our industry, and I do too. Two unnamed sources that's a very vague like, like you could be talking to the assistant of the assistant of the of the third assistant on the bench and like uh, like I said when Damian Lillard speaks when his agent speaks when Pat Riley speaks when Joe Cronin speaks that's one thing I just don't need the you know so and so is reporting that unnamed sources say it's like yeah there's a lot of unnamed sources across the league not all of them are credible and not all of them make for credible reports I uh I I just I was trying to think today, all right, where, where could we go? And I wanted to do a topic of not talking about Damian Lillard. I think I actually put that. I sent that to you guys of, of, of not talking about it. But you're right. You're trying to – we understand that there's not a lot going on right now. There's different things that are, you know, happening in the world of sports, but nothing really major. So you're still waiting for this, you know, this big trade bomb to drop, if you will, in the NBA. But 
Yeah, if you're just hearing a little inkling here, a little inkling there, I don't think it's enough to dominate the conversation. You know what I do think should dominate the conversation, though? Lay it on me. What do you got? Josh Allen talking with Bussin' with the boys about what actually went down at mandatory minicamp last month in Buffalo. If you remember, Stephon Diggs was, well, according to head coach Sean McDermott, not present at minicamp, left the minicamp. And then we heard that, no, Diggs was there for the meetings the day before, was there in the morning, and then ended up leaving. Sean McDermott says he's very concerned. Players tried to downplay it. But Josh Allen kind of revealed, pulled the curtain back a little bit about what actually happened last month. And while he tried to downplay it, Aaron Torres, I think he kind of blew the cover up. This was Josh Allen on Bussin' with the Boys. I love him. That's my guy. The media has blown this so far out of proportion. Right? Like, we are in rookie or minicamp. We're not playing a game for four months. He doesn't show up one day. He's still there. You know, coach asked him to... To go home, we were in talks and discussions of trying to trying to resolve some things, and it wasn't anything major. And media just blew it up. And they're still talking about it. She's like, mm-hmm. "Let it go, let it go." There's there's no reason to continue talking about it. He was on the field with us the next day. It was not a big deal. Wrong. I, I think <laughs> it's a really big deal. Nothing has gone nothing has gone right for the Buffalo Bills uh, this offseason, except they finalized that they're getting a new stadium. Like that is, they, there's still questions at the running back position. The last time we saw them in uniform, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen were yelling at each other. The next time, seemingly when we saw Stephon Diggs, he was mad at the team. Like it is, it has not been a good off season. And I would just like to know when, when, and I, and I like Josh Allen as a player. I think he's a great player. I don't know him personally at all. But when we say like it's just July, like like what Super Bowl champ? Just had a kind of a mess of an offseason. And maybe mess is too strong of a word, but where you had these rumblings, you had this current. When did we have a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl contender, have to deal with that sort of stuff? And I can't remember Aaron Torres. That's why I think this is a big deal. Yeah, and I think it's a big deal because something I, I even remember talking with you about this last summer, Dan, is that a lot was anointed of the Buffalo Bills before they really accomplished anything. And I remember talking to you at this time last year again about, you know, have we ever had a team like, like keep in mind the Buffalo Bills, their best playoff finish with this particular group was an AFC championship game where they got obliterated. And then I understand the following year, which obviously led into last off season, they were within 13 seconds of winning at Arrowhead, beating the Kansas city chiefs, going to the super bowl. Kansas city was in an off season where they lost Tyree kill I get why there was hype last offseason, but they were the preseason Super Bowl favorites, Dan, the Buffalo Bills. And so I think this is the first time where, where, as you said, there's real turmoil. There's people asking tough questions. There's clearly some sort of turmoil behind the scenes. And I think we've kind of gone past that honeymoon phase with the Buffalo Bills where it's just, okay, this is what they are going to be. And guys and girls in our business are starting to say, okay, this is who they have been, and now it's time for them to prove it to us. And so I think you're starting to feel a little bit of that pressure in some of these comments, whether it's Sean McDermott's initial comments, him recanting a lot of it the following day, or Josh Allen trying to tell all of us in the media that we're blowing it totally out of proportion uh, when Sean McDermott was obviously the one that made us aware of all this as it was. I have been high on the Buffalo Bills 
uh, up until this point, uh, up until this offseason. I, I thought that a Super Bowl was in their future. I thought everything was going to be great for the Buffalo Bills, and I may have been wrong. Your comments there and the comments that you made months ago, when, when did it – when did it kind of like, I don't want to say dawn on you, were you always like a, a non-believer or I'll believe it when I see it sort of thing with the Bills? Why why were you on one side of the coin and I feel like I was on the other side of the coin with Buffalo? I, I don't know that I was anti-Buffalo. Um, I just I just said to myself and I said on these airwaves uh, right around a year ago, I said I just don't ever remember any team in any sport that hasn't even made the finals. Obviously, that would be the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. the World Series, the Super Bowl. That is anointed as the favorite. The favorite. And so that was my only question. And then obviously, I think last season speaks for itself where you win the division. But I still go back to, Dan, uh, You know, everyone focuses on what happened against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals at home. I go back to the week before. You're playing the Miami Dolphins at home, Skylar Thompson is the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, and you really had to hold on for dear life in that game. I think this is all a trickle-down effect. But to answer your question directly, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am so, you know I had some brilliant opinion and I, I was standing on this desk you know, saying mm-hmm. that there was 0% chance the Bills were going to win. I did just find it interesting because I couldn't think of another example in which the team that was favored to win had never even made it to the finals as a collective group, let alone actually won a title. That's fair. That's I. I get that. I was critical of Jason Tatum when he said, "Now he knows what it takes to win an NBA title." Exactly. Yeah. When yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know, this past year, and we we saw how that worked out for Boston. Uh, it didn't work out for Boston. The part, the other part of this that is, again, may not seem like a big deal. I don't care if it's July. I don't care if it's April. Just this stuff to me just doesn't happen to. This just doesn't happen to Super Bowl winning teams. This stuff doesn't pop up. And to not have Josh Allen and Sean McDermott telling the same story tells me that there's a little bit of a of a disconnect. Like we had Sean McDermott again used the phrase very concerned talking last month um, about the Stefan Diggs situation and basically said that he was not there and the reason, you know, he's very concerned because he's not there. Sean McDermott was obviously covering up in saying that he had sent Stefan Diggs home, didn't give the reason why he sent him home, but I think tried to say, yeah, we're concerned, whatever that reason was. So Josh Allen now doesn't have the story straight, and then it tries to blame the media, which I'm sure Josh Allen would say that this is the perfect example of the media blowing this out of proportion. But this story doesn't isn't what is being said by the head coach in the organization. And to me, that's also a bit of a of a disconnect of how do you not have your stories straight if it's not that big of a deal? If it's not that big of a deal, shouldn't everybody be on the same page? Shouldn't Stefan Diggs be saying the same thing? Shouldn't shouldn't everybody be saying the same thing of what happened if it wasn't really a big deal? Just maybe having opposite opinions on it. And so when he when he says that Sean McDermott sent Stefan Diggs home, or he said the coach sent him home, and I assume he's Meant, uh, meaning McDermott, I just think that's a big deal because McDermott didn't release that information, and now it shows that you're trying to cover up maybe some of the problems, which Josh Allen didn't do a good job of in talking with Bustle with the boys. No, I agree 100%, and I just think it speaks to, again, um, 
something's there's just something not right and I know that in the last month or so they've tried to um, you know give off the impression that everything's going great and Sean McDermott got an extension and the GM got an extension but you know you really go back to everything since that night at Arrowhead Stadium where they nearly beat the the, the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game a few seasons ago um, and I, I guess just what I would say, or the second round, I keep saying AFC Championship game, it was the second round, obviously, because that led to the iconic uh, you know, Joe Burrow comeback at Arrowhead mm-hmm. Stadium. So I apologize for anybody listening for that. But I bring it up to just say that I think you can go back to that moment in time and then everything that has happened since, and it is so obvious that something is not right. Whether it's because Brian Dable left and the offense is sputtered, what you know they were hot and cold all last season. Um, you know, again that 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 game against the Miami Dolphins when Skylar Thompson was almost able to lead them to victory in the playoffs, the way it ended, or the off-season conversation that continues. I don't know what it is, but whether it is this specific conversation that whatever it is, something is not right. And I think to your point, Dan. Not everybody's on the same page, right? Like, like, like if mm-hmm. something big happens, you know, like let's just use this as an example, right? What is what is the conversation always out of New England? Is that nobody does a better job of letting his players know, hey, there's one message and it comes from me than Bill Belichick. And we could criticize Belichick for this, that, the other thing, but you don't I don't ever remember anything like this as an example coming out of New England where uh, Brady says this, but Belichick says this, or Belichick says this, but Randy Moss says this, or whatever. And it just speaks to, I think, what both of us are saying. What you're saying is, clearly, it is a bigger deal because these two guys don't have a story, their stories together, and I think it just feeds into exactly what I'm saying, which is, I don't know what it is, but this is another symptom of something not quite being right uh, with that organization right now. I could even give it a pass, Aaron, if it was, let's just say, you know, a punt returner is on a podcast. Yeah! And says, yeah, coach sent him home. And they're like, oh, geez, he he let the cat out of the bag. But you'd have to think that the person that Sean McDermott talks the most to of any of the players is his star quarterback. Mm-hmm. And to have that line of communication be broken or not have the uh, clarity that they wanted to provide, yeah, it tells you something. I, I threw out this theory, Aaron, and it, it's – did it about a month ago. We were talking about it at the at the U.S. Open when we were we were at L.A. Country Club and Sam Farmer, the NFL, uh, you know, co- covers the NFL for the L.A. Times, had joined uh, the Doug Gottlieb show when we were we were live from the U.S. Open, and I had provided a theory that week about the Buffalo Bills in saying I thought that the Demar Hamlin situation really really played a bigger effect on the mm-hmm. team emotionally. Interesting. And so I thought like these emotions of why Stefan Diggs was so demonstrative and in, in, in yelling and having the words that he had uh, with Josh Allen during that Bengals loss, I think there was just there was a, there was a lot spent during that that month. And understandably yeah. so, you almost had a, had a teammate pass away. Hamlin is now back. Hamlin's back on the field. He's taking part through mini camps. He's working his way back. He's healed in essence. He's 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 back to where he was. I don't think that those emotions and the scars and stuff that may have come out because of that scenario have necessarily healed in Buffalo. Hmm. And now to to hear this disconnect, it, I, I don't know if there's a correlation. I just use the, the term if there's sometimes a, 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 when there's a death in the family, sometimes, you know, the closest ones don't necessarily get along because emotions are so raw and so, you know, so hot and you're feeling you know, 
that certain way. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fault the Buffalo Bills for having those those sort of fe- feelings. And that's why I think it kind of came to a head maybe with Stefan Diggs. We don't know the real story. Don't know if it's contract. We had heard that he wants more of a say in play calling, but he's one of the most targeted wide receivers in the NFL on a team that doesn't have a running game. I don't know what more he would want in, or what he would say in there, but just not a lot is adding up. One and one is not making two in Buffalo right now. And last quick thought is you mentioned you would think, and I would think, and I think everybody listening would think that no player probably has a more direct line of communication with Sean McDermott than Josh Allen. Well, let's take Josh Allen's own words. Stefan Diggs is supposedly his boy. You know, he's mentioned uh, – at the time of this incident and then on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast, that's my guy. This is that. This is that. Well, again, the communication between Diggs and Allen isn't great either in addition to Allen and and uh, and Sean McDermott. And again, I think it speaks, in my opinion, there's something very clearly not right there. Today's Covino and Rich show brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. He is neither Covino nor Rich. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for CNR today. Get Aaron on, tor- on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Hey, thanks for listening to the Covino and Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Covino and Rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Hey, it's Covino and Rich, and if you're traveling to see your favorite team this spring, you have to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college sports. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school colors, and mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot for the next time you go see a game and need somewhere to crash. They have over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest, so odds are there's one where you're going, especially for games in the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduate Hotels' locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW, C-R-S-H-O-W. That's good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Covino and Rich, and much like you, we work hard to try to provide a nice life for ourselves, for our family, for our kids, and we've worked hard to build a nice home, and you want to protect those things. God forbid something happened to you. The things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. 
With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash crshow for 10% off plus free document shipping. Assure that your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings. The state deciding what happens to your assets, you don't need that. Secure your assets, protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. And again, you're going to get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash CR show. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash CR show. We are one hour away from the shopping spree of a lifetime for Aaron Torres. Yes, the shopping oh, no. spree of a lifetime. Right? You're about to go and spend a bunch of big bucks today. Yeah, all my hard earnings that I'm making for filling in for Cavino and Rich are going straight to the flower shop and uh, cards and. Uh, <laughs> No, if I listen, my my wife's sweet. I, I'm giving her a hard time. I it, it was my fault. Uh, I left the house at what probably about noon Pacific, three Eastern, to come in the studio. We were already back on good terms, but uh, I kind of screwed up. For people who missed it earlier, we'll talk about it here in a couple minutes. But uh, yeah, my wedding anniversary, eh, kind of. Your wife has zero blame whatsoever. We could just leave it at that. I agree. You are not going to want to miss what's happened. On Aaron Torres' anniversary today. And not my Fox Sports Radio anniversary, which was yesterday. That no. went great. <laughs> this one. Did she wish you? It's a great point. She did not wish me a happy Fox Sports Radio anniversary, nor did Mike Harmon, but whatever. So. Uh, all right. So while we wait for Dan, uh, do want to switch gears and do want to. T- do want to talk very quickly about some stuff that, that that has happened over the last couple days in the NBA and going forward because this Friday, NBA Summer League, Victor Wenbanyama, of course, is the number one overall pick of the San Antonio Spurs. He will make his debut at Summer League in Vegas and some interesting commentary coming in earlier this week from Draymond Green. Let's hear what Draymond Green has to say about Victor Wembanyama. I think people are setting him up for failure. Like, oh, he's going to be an all-star next year. Like, man, it's hard in this mm-hmm. NBA. Said that? Yeah, it's hard to become an all-star in this hey. league. Now, if he do, like, God be with him. Yeah, like, I hope he succeeds. I just, like, I think. But to, to say, like, he's going to be an all-star next year as if he don't have to figure this game out. I don't really buy that. I think he will be special, but an all-star next year, I think that's a bit much. That was Draymond Green talking about Victor Wimbanyama on the Podcast P podcast with Paul George. Let me just say this. Like, like you know, we can like or dislike Draymond. He's very outspoken. He's a guy who shares his opinion. I actually think he is dead on with this. Uh, the Victor Wanbanyama narrative has been fascinating to follow. I think most people know I kind of, you know, am in the college basketball world, which is kind of the amateur basketball world. So you start hearing about Wanbanyama two, three years ago as he's coming up. But what I found interesting was as soon as the NBA draft lottery happened, it felt as though there was this race for everyone in the media to have the most emphatic undeniable opinion on Victor Wimbanyama. We heard, uh, you know, I'm not going to criticize people in another network, but we heard somebody say that he is the greatest, he is the greatest team prospect in the history of team sports here in America. I was bothered by that narrative, and now it almost feels like there is a reverse of, oh, you know, we hyped him too much too soon. Dan, let me ask you this. I, yeah. I One of my criticisms of the NBA, I think that, There is no league that I can think of 
that loves to just build up its stars only to tear them down quite like the NBA. And I've used this example a million times, but you go through the list. Jason Tatum makes a finals at 19. He's next. He's the one. He's the guy. You know, through the years, I've heard it about LaMelo Ball and Donovan Mitchell and whoever. And then the NBA is also the one that loves to tear down their stars. The point I guess I'm trying to get to. This feels like the quickest buildup and teardown that I could ever remember, where it was like, he's the greatest athlete in the history, uh, the greatest prospect in the history of American team sports, to now people are already turning their backs. That's not a criticism of Draymond Green, because I think what he said is absolutely fair. Let's let the guy be a rookie. Uh, you, know, l- l- you know, I know I'm rambling, so let me let me wrap by saying this. There is a way for all of us to be very excited about Victor Wimbanyama without putting impossible expectations on him. I've said on my Saturday show, you can say he is the most unique basketball prospect we have ever seen, and if he is able to live up to potential, we could be talking about an all-time great. You can say all that without putting some just completely unfair label on him, and I don't want to say I feel bad for the kid. He's going to be fine. He's a grown-up. He'll be okay. But I just it just feels like this rush to build him up, this rush to tear him down, it's one thing I just don't like about coverage of the NBA. You know how Josh Allen complained about the media blowing things up, blowing blowing things out of, of proportion. We talked about it last hour. If you missed it, you can get the podcast. Oh, by the way, we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Remember when that, yeah, Josh Allen saying, yeah, it was all the media's fault. I don't agree with him in that comment I, I do think that there is validity to what Draymond Green is saying and the validity to what you are saying as well the Draymond Green part he's going like as you said there's this swing back of saying like wait a sec Victor Wembanyama is not gonna take the world by storm or the expectations that he has are just too unrealistic you almost and I'm not blaming LeBron James for this I'm not putting the blame on LeBron James but this prospect of Victor Wembenyama is the greatest that we've seen since LeBron James. And some of you even said before that, and now you see how LeBron turned out. So you say to yourself, well, now this has got to happen to the next one. Yep. And, and I would love to go back and just to, you know, th- there were generational players at time atop the draft. Tim Duncan was obviously one. Then you had LeBron. But then I I feel like Greg Oden was one of those guys. I a thousand percent agree. Yeah, and and that's like my whole thing is is I guess when we say he's the most hyped prospect since LeBron, I guess it does depend on what your definition of hype is. Again, if hype to you is the potential, uh, the untapped potential, then I can see the argument of Victor Wembanyama. But if hype to you means what hype means to me, which is the excitement built around him. I'm sorry, 20 million people watched Zion Williamson's last college basketball game at Duke. The hype for Zion, I believe, was as good or greater just a few years ago. And then to your point, Dan, we're so caught up in the moment in what we do. Go back and read the articles on Greg Oden. Greg Oden, people said, would have been the number one pick in the draft after his sophomore year of high school. So then he competes his junior year, his senior year, his one year at Ohio State, And oh, by the way, Kevin Durant had a historically great freshman year at Texas, and Portland still said, you know what, we need to draft this guy because of the potential and the upside. So I am with you. None of us are rooting against Victor Wimbanyama, but the narrative not only is just totally off the wall, 
I think a lot of it is just factually incorrect. I also look back at before we were in this era. You know, what what were we saying when Shaquille O'Neal was drafted first overall by the uh, Orlando Magic? And uh, honestly, I was in high school at the time. So it's not like I was a sports talk radio host. In fact, Aaron, I don't think that there was tons of sports talk to consume at that point 31 years ago. But I do know the conversation that I had with friends of mine, and especially the next year when they made the trade and got Penny Hardaway, was, man, how good are the Magic going to be? Mm-hmm. They gonna, they, this team could beat the Bulls. <laughs> this team could take down Michael Jordan. That's the conversation. And the conversation now has nothing to do with the San Antonio Spurs. There is there there is nothing about the Spurs that we have talked about. The only thing we've talked about is the greatness of Wembenyama and will he be a top 10 all-time? Will he be this? Will he be that? And it's just it's it's different and it's tiring and it isn't fair to Victor Wembenyama. And there have been guys who have been successes and failures. The problem is is when Victor Wembenyama should have Wins, And I'm not talking about games that the Spurs won. I'm talking about nights where maybe he progressed or improved on a skill that was having giving him troubles two or three weeks prior that we're not going to look at that. We're still going to just look at the guy and what he's done. This is what Wembenyama's done through his first 20 games of the season. This is what Wembenyama do- did compared to LeBron. It is it is unfair. It is it is tiring. Um, the, the pendulum did swing, as you said, but we shouldn't even have a pendulum on how you're looking at Victor Wembenyama because it's not, it's not fair to him. And I think that was like, that was Draymond's point in the, in the podcast was these expectations are, are absurd that it's not going to be fair for him. But what's also not fair is I know how to defend him. So everybody who thinks he's going to be one of the greats, we know a way to, to shut him down or to at least, uh, limit to what he maybe did when he was playing in France. And so those are like two conversations, but in terms of the the gist of it of saying that there's too much being built up for him to to realistically live up to, I think that that's in your point as well. It's absolutely fair. Let me ask you a question. We don't do this in other sports, right? So like I was thinking about this, Trevor Lawrence. I think we all kind of understood has the tools to potentially be an all-time great. But I don't remember like him going to the Jacksonville Jaguars and us putting like I don't remember us putting really no yeah go ahead but I, but I, we do yeah. do it to Joe Burrow now but isn't it year three or year four though yes yes but it's still it's probably not fair like in terms of of where like we I think now like the conversation is is can you know can Mahomes catch Brady um because and it's such a weird conversation. I don't. I don't remember the conversation of, you know, can can so and so catch Joe Montana until Brady, I guess, caught Joe Montana. Yep. Um, and now, so now seven's the mark. But I, I think that you're right about Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence is so unique because of how talented he was coming out of high school into college, what he accomplished in college, and then being the first overall pick, and he goes to an NFL team, and that was just completely. Um, ignored for much of the time 
comes into the league and then has a high-profile coach taking over, and that was such a disaster that the Jaguars just ended up kind of being the Jaguars that they once were until last year when they finally broke through and, and win the division. But I don't know if there's a huge pressure on Trevor Lawrence. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, right now. But I do think there is with Joe Burrow, and it took him – it's going to the Super Bowl, and then now it changes. Like, I think we do it quicker in the NBA. We, it, we just – we wait in the NFL maybe till someone makes a Super Bowl or maybe makes a conference championship game, if you want to use Josh Allen in, in that conversation. But we, it has translated over into the NFL. And I, I, it's silly. You know, we're counting Mahomes' titles now. Or it, oh, he's two. He's five away. Like, what are, we, what are we doing? So I do think it has come over into the NFL a little bit. Yeah, I think it has. Uh, but the NBA is still just a different beast. And, and I just, again, I and, – and, you know, and, and I, I get that nobody feels like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's not the way, and maybe I'm just old and boring and, and whatever, but it's just not the way that I want to consume things because like, I want to enjoy the guy in real time. Like I don't need to compare him to Kareem or whatever. And oh, by the way, if he averages 26, 14 and five uh, and play 70 games, then yeah, like we can say, oh, you know, this is how he ranks compared to Shaq as a rookie. Kareem is a rookie. Wilt is a rookie. But to do it before he's ever played a game, it's just the whole narrative has been so weird to me. And I think I think Draymond's point is well-spoken. And when I heard the Draymond Green sound earlier today, that was my first thought was, you know, everyone's just like putting him in pen in the All-Star game for next year and I would wonder how many guys as 18, 19-year-old rookies in this one-and-done era, we're not talking about you know 31 years ago or whatever when Shaq came in as a, four, a three-year player out of LSU, Like, how many guys in their teens have actually made an all-star game as a rookie? I think even Kobe was a, a starter his second year, but I don't think he made it. I think LeBron might have. But didn't make that, it his first year, but he yeah, the go. second year he did. Well, I mean, look at yeah. how terrible his career turned out. I mean, like, is that a conversation we're going to be having? Like, like if when Benyama is really good, God willing, no injuries, no nothing, but he doesn't make an all-star team, are we going to be talking next February like, wow, he's really let us down so far? You know, it's just, it's just a, a weird way to talk about people, especially people, as I said, who have never played uh, in the I league. Think I think I get the sense that, that the conversation and, – and listen – this is not a sports media. Sometimes I think I, you know, I call myself guilty. I get drawn in and reeled in in the sports media world of this person said this on this show or that person said said that on that show and it's not reality. This is this is NBA Twitter doing this stuff, which is so it's not just it's not just, you know, talk show host in this city or talk show host on on that side of the country saying this. These are the conversations that are happening on NBA Twitter and it is exhausting and I don't think that it's good. I don't think it's I don't think it's fun because you never you never really win because these expectations are so high. There's nothing there's nothing to enjoy and that's why it's a drain. It's actually why the NBA is a drain mm-hmm. because there's there's not much there's not much to enjoy as you're for for one team to grab the spotlight means five or six of the other teams that we constantly talk about all had a downfall. And so, again, and Michael Malone was probably correct in being annoyed 
about the Nuggets not getting the pub, but it's true. So we're talking about the Warriors' downfall one week. We're talking about the Lakers getting swept the next week. We're talking about the Celtics falling apart the next week. Like that's that's what it is, and that's what it's come to, and that's where the conversation is. And now Victor Wembanyama, unfortunately, is going to be a part of it. But yeah, I think if he averages 17 points and eight rebounds and doesn't make the All Star game next February. There will be conversations. Is Wemby a disappointment? Exactly. Well, and just very quickly is, you know, we, we keep referencing that some believe he's the, the greatest prospect since LeBron, maybe even before. Even look at LeBron. Like, what is the argument against LeBron the last 10 years? He's He might not be the best player of all time. He might, like, like the people who don't like LeBron readily acknowledge that he is the second best person that has ever played the game of basketball Yet that becomes a thing where it's like you're tearing him down because he doesn't meet your expectation of, well, he came in as the most highly touted guy ever. Well, he's not Michael Jordan, so he's – and I don't know anyone saying he's a disappointment because he's not Michael Jordan, but again, it's the narrative of like there's going to be a lot of people that have spent the last 10 years – not appreciating LeBron doing all of the things he did because he's not living up to some whatever expectation that they had or compare him to Michael Jordan or whatever. And it's like, I'm not saying that we can never criticize the guy, but it's like we're witnessing something that we will probably never see in the rest of our lives in terms of what LeBron James has done over the course of his career. And he is a guy who has lived up to that expectation. So even if Wemby lives up, he's going to be held to some other impossible standard. And well, he wasn't LeBron or he wasn't this or he wasn't that. And like I said, like you said, it's just an exhausting way to cover and follow sports. Do you know who the first person was that that pegged LeBron to be the the Super Bowl and GOAT? Do you know who that host was? No, no. Neither do I. So yeah, nobody does. Great that, call. That's the point. Great call. Like, like nobody does. I, I I don't know who called Tom Brady greatness first. Nobody does. But everybody's in the rush because they want to say they're going to be the first. Nobody remembers the first. Nobody cares. Exactly. So that's the lesson. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. Sitting in for Cavino and Rich. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Hey, thanks for listening to the best of Covino and Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every day from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Covino and Rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Hey, it's Covino and Rich, and if you're traveling to see your favorite team this spring, you have to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college sports. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school colors, and mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot for the next time you go see a game and need somewhere to crash. They have over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest, so odds are there's one where you're going, especially for games in the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduate Hotels locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. C-R-S-H-O-W. That's good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kavino and Rich at Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. And thank goodness Aaron Torres is with me because he's going to clear something up for me. At least I, I hope he, he can. Because I am, I am actually uh, flummoxed, if that could be the phrase, mm. uh, about a story we're going to talk about before we go and chat with Mark Medina about the happenings in the NBA. And, yeah, there'll probably be a Damian Lillard question or two. But not a Damian Lillard topic today. There's not a <laughs> Damian Lillard topic in Kavino and Rich. The topic that I do want to talk about, Aaron, is the charge rule in the NBA because the Summer League is now going to be a trial run, if you will, a test run for some of the charge rules that will take place in the uh, in the NBA. Basically, in-game flopping. It's what we're, what we're talking about. If a flopping penalty is assessed by game officials, the opposing team will be awarded one free throw. That's what's going to go on in, in the summer leagues. A player who commits a flop will be asserted a non-unsportsmanlike technical foul. That does not count as a personal foul or lead to ejection. Officials will not be required to stop live play to call a flopping violation. They can wait until the next neutral opportunity to stop play. So you wouldn't see a whistle if there was a, a flop um, that wasn't called. But that's like... <clears throat> I guess it's part of part of my issue, and it goes back to the charge call with this. I, I just feel this is where I'm caught, Aaron, and, and, and I, I need your assistance to, to clarify this for me. The charge call, I think, is overcalled in basketball. Pro game, I know you feel that way in the college game. I think it's called way too much. It's easy to call a charge, especially when a team's got a run going and they're trying to come back and a team's going to try to score a bucket, charge all going the other way. The fans absolutely, absolutely love that. But in terms like, it, it, am I missing something here where I just, do, do we need to do we need to review this stuff? Shouldn't flops just go? Or if it is a flop, it could be, you know, an, an actual defensive foul I'm just I, I don't know what I'm I'm missing. I don't know that we need to go to these steps to have prevail, to have players to stop flopping to help the referees. I just think that the referee should know whether it's a flop or not. I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just so confused and I'm I'm mixing a flop and a charge together. But to me, it just is like it's like when the NFL wanted to add like another ref because they couldn't get the, the pass interference penalty right. It's like, well, just get better refs. Or, you know, figure out better angles to do it. Do you need another person or do you need – that's what I think is going on here. So I – and I, again, I'm going to use my background in college basketball on this one is that, one, I agree with you. And two, in, in college football – this or college, college football, college basketball, this was the issue where um, too many – you know, too many questionable block charge calls, then, then there's a flopping concern and all that. 
And what ended up happening was what they did was they basically put a flop rule in where essentially it was, whether it was a personal foul, whatever. Then people got mad about that, so they put a flop warning in. And I bring it up because Jay Billis, the most probably prominent voice in college basketball at this point, he kept saying, like, if you don't, if you want to eliminate flops from from the sport, just stop calling them. Because all you're doing now is is just angering fans because you know this looked like a flop but then you went to the monitor but then you did this but then you did that and it's like I, I that's kind of where I'm at with with this as well yeah is, is like you said is like I get it's a tough call it's probably the toughest call uh you know certainly in basketball maybe in sports and I just I I don't know what the solution is to solving it but I don't know that like this weird, you know, it's an unsportsmanlike uh, foul that doesn't count against your foul total. But it's a, it's a, it's just, it's all confusing. And again, if you think a guy is flopping, just don't make a call. It's that simple. Let the game go on. Eventually, guys will stop doing it. Uh, and again, it just goes back to just my my time just being around college basketball yeah. as much as I have been. It helps. It does help because they too have, have realized there is there is a difference between taking the charge and just flopping yep. or feeling like there's maybe like an elbow, like on a, you know, on a, a swing through play or, you know, I guess you could have a, a scenario like that where someone pretends they got hit in the chin and falls down. Not so much of guy just stands underneath the basket, you know, arms crossed and waits to get barreled over or is late getting into position. Those are two different things, but to your point and to what Jay Billis has said, yeah, it's the, it's, yeah, just stop calling it. Just stop. If if that's what your call is, then that's what your call is. It almost feels like it's the pendulum swinging the exact other way. And at some point, you 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 can't go that far. And in, in I think that's what the NBA is doing right now. No, I agree. It's going yeah. a little too far. I, I agree. And again, I understand what happened in the playoffs. Giannis and John Morant both getting hurt on block charge calls. Mm-hmm. You want your superstars out there. You want a way to clean it up. But... I, I don't know that this feels like the way to do it is all. Aaron Torres cleaned it up for me. That's why oh. we've got him. Get him on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. I'm definitely going to check it out. I was going to check out what Mark Medina has to say, our Fox Sports Radio NBA insider and also the Sporting Tribune, joining Aaron Torres and myself, Dan Byer, in for Camino and Rich today. Mark, uh, happy day after fourth. How are you? I'm doing great talking with you guys, and happy Blade 4 too. Hope uh, you could hit the recharge button, and thankfully there were no uh, of those major blockbuster deals that happened in the NBA. <laughs> you may want to wish Aaron a happy anniversary. Uh, happy anniversary as well, yep. yep. I forgot yep. to do it this morning for my wife, so, you know, it's like one degree of separation, Mark, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Mrs. Torres does as well. So. Medina wished Aaron happy anniversary quicker than Aaron did his wife this morning. That is like, actually correct. That is true. That is That actually happened. Um, we're not going to talk about anniversary we are going to talk about divorces we aren't going to have a damien we aren't going to be talking about damien lillard or i am i am i'm not talking about the chorus to me i don't know if you got a call during the break that i missed or something (laughs) this just in let's go to isaac longer no i'm kidding the damien lillard portland divorce that we expect aaron and i are not making up a topic about it today but as of right now where does this trade talk stand? Is it on Miami's, you know, is the ball in their court to try to figure out a package? Is it on in Portland's court to to try to figure out what package out there they actually want and who would want to take Tyler Hero? Where are we when it comes to Dame leaving Portland? 
I think that we are in the middle stages where this might be like Groundhog's Day for maybe even the rest of the summer because, you know, Portland, they're definitely going to accommodate Damian Lillard's trade request in the sense that they'll make calls and also receive calls to see what's on the market. But in their eyes, they're not going to pull a trigger on what until they consider what's a fair deal. Now, fair deal isn't, oh, value for value because rarely do you get that with a star player that wants out. But can they find a trade that ensures that they still have a pathway to make the playoffs. And it is a weird gray area because part of the reason why Damian Lillard wants out in the first place is clearly they've been making moves, you know, a lot using the number three pick with Scoot Henderson instead of trading it or signing Jeremy Grant to an enormous contract as moves that show that they're not going to be a contending mix, uh, but they're also not going to be a team that's going to be in the lottery. They, they might just be the team that was what happened when Damian Lillard was there the entire time of a sneaky good playoff team so because of that this isn't going to be Washington and because of that um, let's buckle up because we might be talking about this for quite a while so Mark Dan and I were in on Monday for Cavino and Rich and one thing we talked about is is obviously look what's going on with James Harden and I guess my question for you for whomever ends up with James Harden what is realistic to expect from him when you get him? Because I look at him as a guy who is covered as though he completely changes your organization. And I think in reality, he's your second, maybe even third at this point, best player on a really, really good team. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's completely fair to say. I mean, look, it's already happened. When he left the Houston Rockets, he joined a Brooklyn Nets team that had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. He was the third option there. Um, you know, with Philadelphia probably second, obviously behind Joel Embiid. But I think the problem here is that not only are you having to sign up for James Harden and how he fits in as a third option when he wants to be a number two or number one, but you're also factoring in his durability history, which hasn't been great. You're also factoring in what amount of depth are you giving giving up to get a player of James Harden's caliber. And so when I'm looking at the most likely scenario, the Clippers, I think that they should just stay away from it. I mean, it it might be nice theoretically that the Clippers are willing to go all in to try to give Kawhi Leonard and Paul George one last shot of a championship and theoretically they're possible last season with them because they could both opt out of their player options next summer. But why would you sign up for another star that has durability issues when you already have two stars that have durability issues? So while the Clippers, they're not a finished product with just the fact that they retained Russell Westbrook and got Mason, you know, retained Mason Plumley and they're going younger. I think that's actually a much better avenue for success than pouring all your chips in James Harden because there's at least more availability uh, than you would have with James Harden. That's saying a lot because availability is already going to be an issue with the Clippers because we just don't know if Kawhi and, and Paul George can ever stay healthy consistently. Mark Medina, our Fox Sports Radio NBA insider, joining us here on Cavino and Rich. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. In for the guys today, you can catch Mark on Twitter at G underscore Medina. I know Aaron's thoughts on this and his opinion. I'm going to ask you, Mark Medina, has anybody closed the gap on Denver? Uh, not uh, just the, at least in the West. It's better better to look at it that way. Anybody in the West closed the gap on on the Denver Nuggets? 
Well, I'm backing up what Aaron Torres has said. Oh, smart man. Here. The Lakers made great moves, uh, you know, all things considered, of not going big game hunting and really uh, surrounding LeBron and, and Anthony Davis with the right supporting cast, with retaining key guys and adding key pieces. So if I had to handicap it now, I think Denver's still at number one, even though, you know, Bruce Brown and Jeff Green are huge departures. You know, they still have Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, good coach, and Michael Malone. So I – it might be a tie. I had the Lakers or Suns at number two. I think the Suns, I'm heavily surprised that, yeah, Bradley Beal was a good trade, but I had a lot of questions about how are they going to round out the rest of their bench. But by getting a veteran like Eric Gordon, that leaves me uh, feeling confident that they can get other caliber players on veteran minimum deals. And it's almost like a good thing that they didn't have any depth because they can promise someone like Eric Gordon, hey, you're going to have a significant role on a championship contending team that has Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. Um, so yeah, I would say Suns and, and Lakers are number two, you know, two or two A or three, um, and then everything else is kind of up in the air when you're looking at Warriors, Clippers, Kings, Grizzlies. Uh, it's all fluid at this point. So Mark, I want to circle back to Damian Lillard and kind of ask you a similar question. Um, you know, if he does end up with Miami, I think there's this automatic assumption of well, you know, they won the East, made the finals, and now they're adding Damian Lillard. But it's worth noting, like, they were obviously the eight seed. Dan's Bucks were awesome all regular season again. And, oh, by the way, to get a Damian Lillard, you're probably going to be giving up Tyler Hero, going to be giving up Duncan Robinson, and then, of course, you lost guys like Max Struess and, and, and others in free agency. Like, do, does Damian Lillard with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and whatever else you piece together – do you deem them the favorites in the East? Do you deem them in that top? Like, like what, what do you deem them as if Damian Lillard does end up in Miami? Yeah, I would still uh, put Milwaukee at number one. Uh, with Miami, I would think I'd put them at two or three, either ahead or behind Boston. But it would also depend if they pull this trade off. Obviously, what did Miami have to give up in return? And then secondly, can they follow the Suns' route of then – you know, almost having this bidding war, not in dollars, but in just leverage sense of getting other established players on veteran minimum deals. Do they have a bigger selling point than the Suns do? And I would think that because of the durability concerns that the Suns have had with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre and Bradley Beal, that the, the Heat would be more of a selling point. And they also have more of a history of continuity and stability because of Eric Spolster and Pat Riley, but it's it's all fluid at this point. I think the weird thing about Miami is that they don't. I don't think that they quite have enough to convince Portland to move the trigger and accept a Damian Lillard deal. But they're also in danger of giving up too much, especially if they get a third team involved that's willing to take some of the combination of expiring contracts or draft picks that either party won't accept. Um, so it's very much a gray area, but I think philosophically, if they somehow pull it off, 
I'd put them at two or three in the East. But Milwaukee, even though we heard the news about Giannis' procedure, I don't think that's a serious thing. And it happened last month. He'll have time to recover. And the fact that they pretty much had the band back together with retaining Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, adding Robin Lopez, his twin brother, who's a close friend, they're pretty low from top to bottom. And I also suspect that they're going to execute a lot better with Adrian Griffin with just kind of the newness of having a first-year head coach and maybe him bringing a fresh voice that Mike Bullenholzer wasn't able to do last season. Yeah, I think they said that, hey, it's, this is Bud's fault. <laughs> it's plain as day. Uh, Mark Medina, appreciate the time. Always great talking to you. I can't wait to talk to you again. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate you guys, and happy belated fourth. And I won't forget that anniversary day now that I know it. And, Thank you, Mark. And Mark, it's his birthday tomorrow as well. So it's wow. quite a week for Aaron Torres. Yes. Man, this is a, this is a huge party, I'm sure, that's going to take place at some point this week. You should, you should text him at 5 a.m. so you can beat his wife for wishing him happy yes, birthday. Yes, that'd and be good. Get, I'd be yeah, bad. then you get even. I have oh. a feeling she's going to forget it's my birthday tomorrow. I'm just, going to, I'm just going to throw it out there. We're going to get so wrapped up. But I mean, this is the, the problem with getting married the day before your birthday. Your birthday essentially gets forgotten. And uh, I, have a, I have a sense that it's going to be kind of uh, water under the bridge that uh, tomorrow's actually my birthday. So. Don't worry. Your birthday gets forgotten no matter when you get married. There you, uh, thanks, oh, okay. Mark. We appreciate it. Yeah. We appreciate it, Mark. We'll let you go. Yeah, Mark Medina's gone. I'm just kidding. No, my I, wife does a great job in celebrating my birthday. Well, one more thing, too. I forgot to mention this, and I know you know this, but uh, so July 5th is my wedding anniversary. July 6th is my birthday. July 4th is actually my Fox Sports Radio anniversary. Wow. July 4th, 2017, did my first show with Mike Harmon. It was in the lead-up to Lonzo Ball's debut in Summer League. We talked a lot about that. I think it was the day Gordon Hayward signed with the Celtics, so that was a big thing. Uh, so, yeah, five, a six-year anniversary of, of my debut on Fox Sports Radio. And I appreciate everybody here for making me so feel so welcome in the six years since. Jason Stewart just gave himself a big pat on the back. So It's the week of Torres here on Fox <laughs> Sports Radio. This show brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, do yourself a favor and stay at Graduate Hotels. The Bridgestone Arena, Target Center, their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? They're obsessed with college sports. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool detail for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Plus, our listeners can get up to 30% off with promo code CRSHOW. That's code CRSHOW. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.